from the Gospel of John. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand who is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. The hired hand runs away because a hired hand does not care for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me, just as the father knows me and I know the father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the father loves me because I lay down my life in order to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it up again. I have received this command from my father. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Kirisuto no heiwaga, watashitachi no kokoro no, sumizumi inima ade, yuki watarimasu yo uni. May the peace of Christ be with you. May the love of God dwell deep in your heart. May the Spirit enlighten your way. May you walk in the comfort of God's care. These are the words of a traditional Japanese blessing, which promotes uh, deeply, I think, the peace, love, light, and comfort that is brought to us only by God. But why am I talking about a Japanese blessing? Well, let me tell you something. In the Episcopal Church, we have a book called A Great Cloud of Witnesses. And in this book, we can find a recompilation of biographies of exemplary human beings whose lives, examples, and witness reflects the lively experience of holiness and who have inspired and challenged us from the time of the New Testament to the present. So on April 23rd, two days ago on Friday, the church remembered Toyohiko Kagawa, a prophetic witness in Japan, hence of the Japanese blessing. And I'm not sure if Toyohiko Kagawa even used this blessing during his lifetime, but I'm pretty sure that uh, I can imagine him doing so. He was a Japanese evangelist, a church reformer, a labor leader, an organizer, a social economist, but most importantly, he was a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ. He was referred during his time as the Japanese Gandhi, the Saint Francis of Japan, or even the Samurai of Christ. His work for social justice is considered on equal position with that of respected saints of our time, like Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., 
Dorothy Day, and Mother Teresa, just to mention a few. His life's work is just as relevant in the world today as it was during his lifetime. He was born in 1888 in Kobe, Japan, to a wealthy Buddhist family. But his circumstances of life drastically changed when he had to move in with his uh, stepmother after the death of both of his parents when he was only four years old. Then he had to move again at age 15, this time to an uncle after uh, the previous family where, uh, where he was living with uh, went bankrupt. His uncle financed his education and encouraged him to learn English from these uh, two American Presbyterian missionaries. But along learning English, he met Jesus Christ. And this was through the love and hospitality and service of these missionaries. But he was kicked out of his uncle's house when he was baptized into the Christian faith. But he was taken in the in he was taken in by the uh, Presbyterian uh, missionaries. So what called my attention about Toyohiko Kakawa is that despite indeed a difficult life, he faithfully promoted peace throughout his entire life and his efforts to establish world peace through international cooperation were even recognized by his nomination for the Nobel Peace Prize in 1954. But most importantly, I think his testimony as a faithful witness of God's love for the world led him to be part of these pages of a great cloud of witnesses. Today's readings describe a scene perhaps very familiar to us. Jesus, the Good Shepherd. In both the Old Testament and the New Testament, the image of a shepherd and his sheep has brought comfort and strength. As we see Jesus' presence with his people, likened to a good shepherd, echoing that most beloved and universal of all Psalms, the 23rd. But today, let me, let me be honest with you. My plan is not to talk to you about my lack of knowledge in animal breeding because I don't know anything about sheep. But I think I have an idea of what John means with the word shepherd. We are still living in the afterglow of Easter and we are called to emerge from that resurrection. We are called to participate in the mission of God and to proclaim the good news of Jesus in word and deed. We are called to sort of embrace, but also to leave behind the traumatic scenes of Holy Week, to leave behind those tense and troubled moments, to leave behind fear, anger, and frustration. However, so often today we could be either embarrassed of our, of our faith or unsure how to share the love of God with others. And obviously how to engage in that mission God is calling us to. But our call is still to be witnesses of this love. We live troubled and tense times, but we are called to be witnesses of this love. And we can go on and on with the tense and troubled moments of our time, and we are still called to be witnesses of this love. It's hard, and I'm just trying to imagine the desperation of someone witnessing with impotence and angriness how a loved one 
is being hurt or beaten up or murdered or simply rejected. Yet, we, the church, the community of saints in following our crucified and risen Lord, need to demonstrate our faith by showing love in action, no matter the cost. We really need the deep love and holy boldness of the first apostles. Jesus himself went on to do good in the darkest hours of his life. Treason, violence, and false accusations. And I wonder, are not these the marks of the hour of darkness at all times and places since the beginning of creation up to these very days? And against all these things, Jesus stands with love, courage, and compassion, maintaining the violence of his companions, healing the needy, and submitting to the unjust rules of others. My dear friends, in this life I cannot even imagine how many times situations will arise in which we will witness unfair situations. Situations for the people we love and for those that we don't even know. Death, tragedy, loss, separation, conflict, racism, etc. And we, the body of Christ, are called to respond to these situations. All sorts of people need of the Good Shepherd, the handicapped, the outcast, the stranger, the contagious, and the foreigner, the lonely, the substance abusers, the sex workers, those left out in the margins. The narrative of the Incarnation assures us that God came into this world in the person of Jesus to be among us. But when the time came for Jesus, when the time came for Jesus to live, we are the only body that Christ has. So when someone needs for the Good Shepherd, they will only find us. This is the image of the Good Shepherd that I wanted to present to you today. Today we are invited to follow the example of Jesus, the most compassionate healer. And also that example of Toyohiko Kagawa, the pacifist, and the many others in the great cloud of witnesses. We are invited to be faithful disciples of Jesus Christ. I would like to cite our presiding bishop, Michael Curry. He said, may we not be paralyzed by our pain, our fear, and our anger. May we learn, as the Bible teaches, to love not in word and speech, but in truth and in action. Truth and action that leads to justice and healing. And maybe in a few years, our testimony as faithful witnesses of God's love for the world lead us to be part of the pages of a great cloud of witnesses, who knows? And probably then some crazy preacher will talk about us and our witness, just as I spoke today about Oyohiko Kakawa. Amen.